Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Together, Psalm 95 on page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it and his hands prepared the dry land. O oh, come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works, Forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath, that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 25 on page 369. Unto thee, O Lord, will I lift up my soul. My God, I put my trust in thee. O let me not be confounded, neither let mine enemies triumph over me. For all they that hope in thee shall not be ashamed, but such as transgress without a cause shall be put to confusion. Show me thy ways, O Lord, and teach me thy paths. Take truth, and learn me, for thou art the God of my salvation, in thee hath been my hope all the day long. Call to remembrance, O Lord, thy tender mercies, and thy loving kindnesses which have been ever of old. O remember not the sins and offenses of my youth, but according to thy mercy think thou upon me, O Lord, for thy goodness. Gracious and righteous is the Lord, therefore will he teach sinners in the way. Them that are meek shall he guide in judgment, and such are gentle, them shall he learn his way. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth, unto such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. For thy name's sake, O Lord, be merciful unto my sin, for it is great. What man is he that feareth the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. His soul shall shall dwell at ease, and his seed shall inherit the land. The secret of the Lord is among them that fear him, and he will show them his covenant. Mine eyes are ever looking unto the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. Turn thee unto me, and have mercy upon me, for I am desolate and in misery. 
The sorrows of my heart are enlarged. O bring thou me out of my troubles. Look upon my adversity and misery, and forgive me all my sin. Consider my enemies, how many they are, and they bear a tyrannous hate against me. O keep my soul and deliver me. Let me not be confounded, for I put my trust in thee. Let perfectness and righteousness dwelling upon wait upon me, for my hope hath been in thee. Deliver Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the eighteenth chapter of the book of Second Kings. Now it came to pass in the third year of Hoshea the son of Elah, king of Israel, that Hezekiah the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. He was twenty-five years old when he became king, and he reigned twenty-nine years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abai, the daughter of Zechariah, and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father David had done. He removed the high places and broke the sacred pillars, cut down the wooden image, and broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. For until those days the children of Israel burned incense to it, and called it Nehushtan. He trusted in the Lord God of Israel, so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor who were before him. For he held fast to the Lord. He did not depart from following him, but kept his commandments which the Lord had commanded Moses. The Lord was with him, he prospered wherever he went, and he rebelled against the king of Assyria, and did not serve him. He subdued the Philistines as far as Gaza and its territory, from watchtower to fortified city. Now it came to pass in the fourth year of King Hezekiah, which was the seventh year of Hoshea the son of Elah, king of Israel, that Shalmaneser, king of Assyria, came up against Samaria and besieged it. And at the end of three years they took it. In the sixth year of Hezekiah, that is, the ninth year of Hoshea king of Israel, Samaria was taken. Then the king of Assyria carried Israel away captive to Assyria, and put them in Hala, by the Habor, the river of Gozan, and in the cities of the Medes, because they did not obey the voice of the Lord their God, but transgressed his covenant and all that Moses the servant of the Lord had commanded them, and they do, and they would not, and they would neither hear nor do them. And in the fourteenth year of King Hezekiah, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came up against all the fortified cities of Judah and took them. Then Hezekiah, king of Judah, sent to the king of Assyria at Lachish, saying, I have done wrong. Turn away from me. Whatever you impose on me, I will pay. And the king of Assyria assessed Hezekiah, king of Judah, three hundred talents of silver and thirty talents of gold. So Hezekiah gave him all the silver that was found in the house of the Lord and in the treasuries of the king's house. At that time Hezekiah stripped the gold from the doors of the temple of the Lord and from the pillars which Hezekiah, king of Judah, had overlaid and gave it to the king of Assyria. Then the king of Assyria sent the tartan 
the Rabsaris, and the Rabshakeh from Lachish, and, and with a great army against Jerusalem, to King Hezekiah. And they went up and came to Jerusalem. When they had come up, they went and stood by the aqueduct from the upper pool, which was on the highway to the fuller's field. And when they had called to the king Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, who was over the household, Shebna the scribe and Joah the son of Asaph, the recorder, said to them, Say now to Hezekiah, Thus says the great king, the king of Assyria, What confidence is this in which you trust? You speak of having plans and power for war, but they are mere words. And in whom do you trust that you rebel against me? Now look, you are trusting in the staff of this broken reed, Egypt, on which a man leans. It will go into the hand and pierce it. So is Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to all who trust in him. But if you say to me, We trust in the Lord our God, is it not he whose high places and whose altars Hezekiah has taken away? And said to Judah and Jerusalem, You shall worship before this altar in Jerusalem. Now therefore I urge you, give a pledge to my master, the king of Assyria, and I will give you two thousand horses, if you are able to, on your part to put riders on them. How then will you repair, repel one captain of the least of my master's servants, and put your trust in Egypt for chariots and horsemen. Have I now come up with the, without the Lord against this place to destroy it? The Lord said to me, Go up against this land and destroy it. Then Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, Shebna, and Joah said to, said to the Rabshakeh, Please speak to your servants in Aramaic, for we understand it. And do not speak to us in Hebrew in the hearing of the people who are on the wall. But the Rabshakeh said to them, Has my master sent me to your master and to you to speak these words, and not to the men who sit on the wall, who will eat and drink their own waste with you? Then the Rabshakeh stood and called out with a loud voice in Hebrew and spoke, saying, Hear the word of the great king, the king of Assyria. Thus says the king, do not let Hezekiah deceive you, for he shall not be able to deliver you from his hand. Nor let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord, saying, The Lord will surely deliver us. This, this city shall not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. Do not listen to Hezekiah. For thus says the king of Assyria, Make peace with me by a present, and come out to me, and every one of you eat from his own vine, and every one from his own fig tree, and every one of you drink the waters of his own cistern, until I come and take you away to a land like your own land, a land of grain and new wine, a land of bread and vineyards, a land of olive groves and honey, that you may live and not die. But do not listen to Hezekiah, lest he persuade you, saying, The Lord will deliver us. Has any of the gods of the nations at all delivered its land from the hand of the king of Assyria? Where are the gods of Hamath and Arpad? Where are the gods of Sepharvaim and Hena and Iva? Indeed, they have delivered Samaria from my hand. Who among all the gods of the lands have delivered their countries from my hand, that the Lord should deliver Jerusalem from my hand? 
But the people held their peace and answered him not a word, for the king's commandment was, Do not answer him. Then Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, who was over the household, Shebna the scribe, and Joah the son of Asaph, the recorder, came to Hezekiah with their closed horn, and told him the words of the Rabshakeh. He rendered the first lesson. Benedictus S. on page 11. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. You begin at the second chapter of the epistle to Titus. But as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine, that the older men be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, in love, in patience. The older women likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they admonish the younger women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. Likewise, exhort the young men to be sober-minded, in all things showing yourself to be a pattern of good works, in doctrine showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that one who is an opponent may be ashamed, having nothing evil to say of you. Exhort bond servants to be obedient to their own masters, to be well-pleasing in all things, not answering back, not pilfering, but showing all good fidelity, that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that, denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people zealous for good works. Speak these things, exhort, and rebuke with all authority. Let no one despise you. Here endeth the second lesson. Benedictus on page 14. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, 
to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers, and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham, that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high has visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, a holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Lord, we beseech thee to keep thy household, the church, in continual godliness, that through thy protection it may be free from all adversities, and devoutly given to serve thee in good works, to the glory of thy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us thy humble servants in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries. Through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning to all. We are coming uh, this week to the end of, of sort of our, our uh, progression through the history of Israel in the Old Testament. This coming Sunday is the Sunday before Advent, and our lectionary then resets and begins to 
you know, have lessons that look towards Christmas. And the essential history of the Old Testament, we've we worked our way through all of uh, really Easter and Trinity season, ends now with with um, exile on two levels. And first, it's the northern kingdom uh, being conquered by the Assyrians and resettled. That was the Assyrian policy was to conquer a people, take some of their people and resettle them, take some of the people and resettle them in their country and take some of the people from otherwhere and resettle them there. And that's kind of the origin of the biblical Samaritans, the mixed race that that became that the, the northern kingdom people got some got intermarried with some of these resettled people and developed a sort of hybrid form of of Judaism that that, it, that appears as the Samaritans in the New Testament. And then um, we're not going to get all the way to the end, but but then the end of the southern kingdom is. Uh, uh, you know, 100 plus years later in 586 BC, when the Assyrians will be conquered by the Babylonians and the Babylonians will come and conquer the southern kingdom. And at the end of the Old Testament, Israel will be in exile in Babylon, which is the theological uh, position from which they need a savior. And Jesus comes to Israel in the New Testament to answer this problem of exile, which is not geographical only because Israel does come back to the land, but they never reestablish that that um, union with God, that favor, that promise where they're prospering under God's headship in the land. They're always subject to foreign powers, and that's the New Testament issue that Jesus addresses. And we see a couple of the the things there are two main things that that the prophets make it clear that Israel that God is Israel's being judged for um one is the idolatry which is why the northern kingdom goes first rather than worshiping the one true God the temple in Jerusalem that God commanded to be built a certain way they worshiped idols they set up separate idols at Dan and Bethel and went there instead and from there got involved in other and bunch bunch of other things the other thing that the prophets criticize Israel for is making uh, agreements with foreign nations to have them protect them rather than God. And this really is the metaphor. We should be aware of this. It's significant. This is the metaphor of of adultery and immorality that prevails in the Old Testament. Israel, the bride of God, instead looks for protection and oversight to nations that can provide military support and therefore um, protect them, and God wants their wholehearted devotion to him. And so in, in, for Israel, this always meant a kind of, for this, these periods of 100 years between uh, Solomon and, and the exile, always to the east there were powers, uh, which are Assyria and Babylon in the history we're dealing with, and to the south there was Egypt, and these 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 two countries, these empires, would war against each other for control of Israel and all the lands in between them. And what the compromise would be that Israel would make a deal with Egypt to protect them from Assyria or Assyria to protect them from Egypt. And this is what God criticizes regularly. He wants them just to trust him. And what's interesting with Hezekiah, the king we have today, is that uh, it won't happen until tomorrow's lesson but he's the first king since David who actually goes to the temple in the face of a threat and says, God, help us. Everyone else just sends the silver, sends the gold. And he's only he only does it because he's, he's backed into a corner. 
and he has to do it. And we should note that Isaiah 36, chapter 36, comports with these chapters of Kings. So the prophet Isaiah comes into this, and there'll be a kind of deliverance, but it won't be sustained. And what we should note about this, because it's a lesson for the spiritual life, is there's always there's always this idea that if we can we really just trust God in face of all these enemies coming at us, don't we have to make some compromise, you know, just kind of make it nicer this way? And and God calls us, no, you 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 follow me wholly and I will protect you. I will deliver you from your enemies. And because Israel didn't believe that and made deals you know with idols and foreign nations they gradually became weaker it didn't work those idols and nations weren't able to save them and this is for us in the spiritual life there's such a temptation to make a compromise with the world you know the world has its sexual morality has this kind of thing going on why don't we just go along it'll be easier and it never works it's completely falling apart in our culture now every departure from the sort of framework of the Bible that the church has embraced has led to complete disaster. <clears throat> this provides a little bit of a link to the New Testament lesson in Titus, where <clears throat> Titus, St. Paul um, counsels Titus to, to instruct the churches to a certain order that reflects their, their, their submission to God. And it's this word submission that really gets people's hair on edge in our time you know, the ideas of wives submitting to husbands, the servants submitting to masters. And really, if we look at it, the, the leaders of the church submitting also, because everything is, as it says in Ephesians passage, we submit one to another, that the whole idea is that all of life is to be ordered completely under the headship of God. And and the the, the life of the church, the life of the family, the life of the office is all to reflect what life would like be if it was fully submitted to God. And so we have to remember that the word submission, we think it's opposite of freedom. If I submit, I'm not free. But biblically, the word submission is opposite of rebellion. We rebel against God at the beginning, and God calls us to submit. And when we submit, when we, when we willingly um, bring ourselves under the various authorities that God has put in place, um, we are free. We do it for God. And a lot of the, our, our fights in the world, we're always fighting against, I'm not going to submit you, I'm not going to submit you. A lot of times that's just our own internal disorder with, that, that we're, we, we pick battles. And, and once we reconcile with, with God, we can, we can learn to submit freely without needing any temporal result because we know that God is going to vindicate us. That's hard work. To do in in daily life it's hard work to do in the various places of our life and it's hard because when we submit as we're supposed to the other person doesn't always do what they're supposed to but we should note here that saint paul is not giving instructions for us to tell the world how to live he's giving instructions for how the church is supposed to be a witness of something different in the world a, a unique people and and again, it, it highlights at the end of the Titus lesson what our aim is, looking for that blessed hope in the appearance of Christ. That's what all of our behaviors aim towards. And once we understand that our life is aimed towards that encounter with Christ, which is prefigured every week in the Eucharist at the altar, we meet Christ and he vindicates us. It reframes how our behavior plays out in all the areas of our life. 
the minute we fall into the world those compromises, we get into the worldly battles. I'm fighting for my rights, for my equality, and, and for you to recognize me. And it all falls apart like the world is falling apart. So a um, few thoughts about today's lessons. We will continue with a prayer for all conditions of men on the bottom of page 18. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth, and hold the faith in unity of spirit in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are any ways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Together the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, thine unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service, and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be honor and glory, world without end. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all for joining us in prayer this morning. Hope you have a great Tuesday. Bye.